This is the 200 Churches Podcast. This podcast was created to provide resources and encouragement to leaders of small churches. Our mission is to encourage and equip leaders of the 94% of congregations in America under 500 members. This is the 200 Churches Podcast. My name is Jeff Cady. I'm here with Johnny Craig. Johnny, it's good to be back in the office together this week. I was gone for about a week visiting my daughter on the East Coast. And Johnny, you were involved in something this past weekend. Tell us about it. Yeah, that's right. I, uh, I took a, a group of high school students and some college students on a service trip to Des Moines, Iowa, which doesn't sound big, I'm sure, to some people listening, but it's a metro area of about 500,000 people, and it was a great experience for these students does who... That, does that count as the uttermost parts of the earth? Well, uh, sure. If you're from if you're from northwest <laughs> Iowa, I think it does. Yeah, it counts as the uttermost parts of the earth. Um, so we took, a, we took a group there for a service project, and it was just a really great experience, a great time for the students to get outside of their comfort zones and, and experience some different things, and a great time to just make an impact in people's lives, you know, make a make a real tangible difference for some people out there who uh, who are less fortunate than us in a lot of different ways. And so you and the students got out of the bubble. Yeah. The bubble. Now you took some college students, so they got out of the bubble, which is their campus. Yeah. And we all got out of the, I mean, you and the students all got out of the bubble, which is our town at sometimes. Yeah. And it was, it was a really great, it was a really great thing to get out of the bubble. I think, I mean, one of the students we pulled into town, she said, I've never been to this part of Des Moines before. <laughs> I, I thought, no, thing. probably not. So we stayed away from the suburbs and we kind of went, went to the heart of the inner city. Yeah. So that kind of goes along with what we want to talk about today, which is the antidote for a selfish church. A selfish church is what, Johnny? We were talking about the problem. Uh, with churches and the problem that we wanted to talk about today and the problem that we need an antidote for. How, how, how are we des- describing a selfish church? A selfish church is, is basically a church that is very inward focused. So it's member focused. It's it's uh, the people who attend only oriented. And so um, these people would spend a lot of time worrying about their facilities or or their particular interests or, or whatever's happening at their church. Um, and you could almost say they're being selfish with the love of Jesus in a lot of ways that, you know, we, we are the crowd, we have Jesus, and, and we're just going to kind of stay in our holy huddle, as some people have liked to say in the past. But we really think the antidote is to start looking outward and be an outward-facing church and do these service projects and get out into the community and get out into the broader world and see a different side of things and really start to be the hands and feet of Jesus all around uh, all around the places we can go. So when we use the word selfish, we're, we're actually talking about our own people, us, sure. our own church, and a church that may be filled with really well intentioned and well-meaning people. Absolutely. You know, people who love God. I mean, they're just good people. They're good Christians. But over time in the church, you realize that, you know, we, we haven't gotten a group together from our church and gone out and done any. I mean, we haven't even gone and raked an older member's leaves in their yard. Sure. It I could mean, be as simple as that. Well, for because sure. we've been busy, we've been doing Bible studies, we've been planning <laughs> services, right? we've been doing small groups, and uh, we've been worshiping, we've been serving. Important things. Yeah, important things. But by default, we tend to just focus on what keeps our church going and what keeps the insides of our church alive. And we just haven't really done anything outside the church. So we talked about two different kinds of trips or projects or things that we could do. Yeah, we we basically broke this down into two categories. And I think it's important to talk about right off the bat, these categories aren't 
supposed to be separate. They're supposed to be integrated. So if you're a church that's only doing one, uh, you should integrate the other. Or, you know, if you're only doing the other, uh, these are supposed to be paired together. So you could do an event that is mostly uh, social in nature or another event that's mostly evangelical in nature. Um, but really, it, it should be a blended thing. So those are the two categories that we have is the social aspect and the evangelical aspect. And and we kind of describe those as service trips and missions trips. And and so um, it's important, we believe, that, that your church really integrates the two of them together. And we get that out of uh, out of the book of Matthew. Isn't that right, Jeff? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're talking about social projects. They would be things like, you know, going to going and raking somebody's leaves. They would be things like going and helping somebody at their home. Uh, they're, they're, you know, a tree fell on their house and we got to go and get their home back in livable condition. I mean, it might even be, it might even be flying over to Africa with a team and, and uh, paying to dig a well for a community to have clean water. Those would be, those would be more socially oriented projects. Yeah, we're talking about people's physical immediate needs that need to be met. Clothes, shoes, uh, food, water, uh, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. Sure. An older woman who can't do her yard work would be a social need. And, and there's a various, you know, scales of, of how intense, how expensive, how much time, how much effort would take to do those various types of tasks. At my last church, we got involved with the town and they had some flower beds in the downtown that they needed to get cleaned out and reset for the for the new season, for summer. And we did this in the middle of spring and I took my youth group down and all they did was get dirty. They pulled weeds, they replanted flowers. And when we were done, we all went around the corner to Domino's and we, they, we got treated to pizza. Now, that was not evangelistic at all in nature. Right. But it just helped the kids to understand, hey, you know, this Saturday afternoon, this isn't for you. It's about you to serve somebody else and you to serve your community. So very much a social thing. And uh, ev- evangelistic uh, would be more of uh, sponsoring a vacation Bible school where people sure. came out. Let's say you did it in the park where it was out of your building and into the community. And you did it five mornings in a row and your people staffed it. You got volunteers and you shared the gospel and you tried to get kids and young people to understand the message of the gospel. Or this summer, I'm taking the youth on a missions trip to Chicago, and, and it'll be a, it'll be a joint thing. We're going to be doing some social uh, work, and we're going to be doing some uh, evangelizing as well. We're doing sports camps, and, and we're doing uh, VBSs with kids. Um, but at the same time, we're going to be trying to help pick up the neighborhood, clean up some houses, you know, do some repairs and, and basic things like that. And so it's really that combination, realizing that, hey, Jesus talks a lot about people's immediate physical needs, and obviously he talks a lot about their eternal needs. So it is a problem if in your church or my church, all of a sudden we realize we're not doing any kind of service project in a group. There's no group of people from our church family getting together, stepping outside of the four walls of our church and actually serving anybody. We're not going on missions trips. We're not doing service projects. We're just really, really busy in our church. And, you know, I call that the the well-intentioned church. And we were well-intentioned for a couple years, several years ago. I mean, we talked about needing to do a missions trip. We talked about how important a missions trip would be to change the lives of our young people. And some of us adults who would go with them, and we even we even had the intention of doing one this coming summer. You know, a few years back, it, it just never happened. So we were well intentioned, but the bottom line was we were a church that was not sending anybody out on any kind of a mission or service project, and we've termed that a very selfish church, a very selfish church. Yeah. So, so now, why is that a problem? Why is it a problem if we're serving? You know, in if if we as a church are living our lives out as the church, why is not having 
any kind of an outward trip a problem. Well, like I said, I think a lot of our inspiration comes just from the book of Matthew. And in chapter 25, Jesus is kind of telling his story about the sheeps and goats at the last day getting separated out. And he, he points out that he'll say, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And he's talking about people who were hungry, thirsty, didn't have any clothes, were stuck in prison. And he's talking to the people who visited them, who gave them clothes, who gave them food. And so, and the opposite of that is also true. To those who didn't take care of the least of these, he said, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. So it's important to do these uh, types of service trips um, because, well, Jesus says so, (laughs) but it's because we're serving Jesus when we do those things. And so we really have to be changed challenged by that passage and say, are those things going to happen if we never leave our group assembly? Right. You know, if we just keep meeting in our auditorium, meeting in our small groups, are those things, visiting the sick, visiting the imprisoned, you know, helping the poor, clothing the naked, are those things going to happen in our small group and in our auditorium? They're not. They're not going to happen. Right. And whether we like it or not, we really have to admit that we will become, if we disregard Matthew 25, a very selfish church. Absolutely. So how do we, what's the antidote? I mean, what is the antidote? How do we turn around what could become a very selfish church? I, I think the, the simplest antidote is start small and get get on track to go big. Um, realize that these this the service, this mission, uh, this can happen on a on just an evening or or just a Saturday or just a weekend, right? This is the this was the first trip that our church has taken, I think, in uh, years maybe to go to on a service trip outside of the town. Yeah, we've had we've had different smaller groups. A couple here, a couple there, go on on some trips that were organized by other churches here in town, by kind of a group of people here in town, really, not any one church. But we haven't had an organized team, uh, multiple persons missions trip in about four years. So just going on that one weekend gets people excited. So the people who go are excited to do it again because they understood what a great time that it was. And the people who didn't go are excited to hear about how it went. And so just starting small and realizing that an evening and a Saturday um, that can quickly turn into a weekend. And then you can make a, a plan for a week trip or a, or a 10 day plus trip even if you know if your church wants to go crazy the antidote really is taking your intentions out of the board meetings and putting them into practice you got to find that person find that find that touch person who you can just give this to and say hey make a plan and we're going to commit ourselves to being a church that is outward focused we're tired of being selfish and no matter what size you are this is something that you can do so this is so deep it's almost incomprehensible you are saying that the antidote is to just do it. Essentially, yes. <laughs> okay. And just do it. Just go on some kind of a service project. And as Johnny said, really, you know, it is as simple as just an evening. What if you just had a few hours where you got your small group together, or you got a group of people from the church, and you're going to go visit three people who can never get out of their homes, and they can't come to church, and you're just going to visit them. And you're going to sit with them. You might sing with them. You might have communion with them, read scripture with them, encourage them, talk about days gone by, and you know, what Whatever it is, or you're going to go and you're just going to help somebody move. Uh, You're going to help them pack for the evening, or you're going to help them move some stuff that evening. It's really anything that gets us out of the church, groups us together.
together makes us others focused and gives us a project to do. And it's it's completely infectious. Once you start doing this, once your people get a vision for what Jesus has for them out there, it's going to be infectious and it's going to take hold. And I said I said just a little bit ago, it doesn't matter what size church you have, you can do this. And I was actually at a larger church. It was about 1500 people. I wasn't on staff, I was just attending. And my wife and I were thinking about going to to another church in town that was about uh, 150 people at the time. And and I was talking with our small group leader. We were talking through kind of this decision. And he said to me, he said, Johnny, I know that you're very passionate about others, right? About getting out, getting out into the community, trying to make a difference. He said, and, and I'm worried that if you go to a smaller church, you won't have as many opportunities or as many resources as you will at a large church to do those types of things. Well, we ended up going to that smaller church and it seemed like they did 10 times as much of this type of stuff. They were 10 times as outward facing as that larger church. And maybe like in dollars and cents, the resources were smaller, but percentage wise and, and the people who were involved, that number was, was much, much higher than at the larger church that I attended. So you said it was infectious. And I guarantee you that there are guys or ladies listening to this podcast who are saying, ah, I don't really get that. I, I don't think I, I, we've tried to do some things. They never worked out right. They had a bad experience. They're not really infectious. So I would challenge you if you're listening to this podcast today and you're in a church right now that is just not really doing, I mean, you just have to admit it. You're not really doing any service or missions projects. It's a selfish church. Yeah. Not for a night, not for a day, not for a weekend to admit that you're a selfish church and then take the dare and do some kind of a service project. Because when people get together and they do something for the good of others, it literally will change how they think about themselves, about God, about the body of Christ, and about outreach. Let's talk about some of the benefits. So what would be some of the benefits to the church if you were to get involved in reaching out? Well, I think some of the benefits to your own church is that this is a great way to make disciples of your own people. We were talking about Matthew 25. Uh, Matthew 28 is another area that obviously gives us a great reason to go out. And, you know, Jesus says, go out and make disciples of all nations, of everybody, of all ethnic groups, um, you know, and baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So you're going out to make disciples. And in that process, your people are becoming disciples. The best way to, to make disciples is to become disciples. And I think that this will be a growing experience for the people of your church. It's been a growing experience for the people of our church. Um, It was a growing experience for me when I participated in things like this. When you get a group of people together and they have a shared experience, especially when it's maybe a tough experience, there's a challenge to it. It forces them to work together. It forces them to depend upon each other. When you have an experience like that, you come back with such heightened relationships. I mean, people trust each other more. They communicate better. They have a common language that they share because they create some some common language on the trip. Uh, they've got some insider jokes and stories that they can tell together, and it really changes the relationships in a church. And those people then come back and they talk to the other people who haven't yet gone, and they'll say, "Hey, you got to go with us next time. Let me tell you what happened. Let me tell you what happened to me. Let me tell you how it changed my vision of what God's doing in my life." Yeah, if you have a desire for greater fellowship among the people at your church, this is an excellent way to get that. Like Jeff was just saying, people are, they bond through shared experience. And when they get their hands dirty together, I mean, nothing brings people together uh, like that does. And, And the truth is they do not bond sitting in a line in pews 
all facing the same direction. <laughs> no, that's true. Just, I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> 10 years of Sundays will never bond people like one weekend service project or missions trip where you're working side by side. Recently, we created a new youth room and we got rid of the library that was in that room. We got rid of a lot of the older books that were in that library. We downsized the library, put it in another room. We had a ton of books that we had to package up and that we had to process. And just working with a person for a half hour or 45 minutes side by side, boxing up books, created a shared experience for me with a couple people that that we talked about stuff we would never have talked about. And just that little bit of a 15 to 30 minute service project, many, many, many service projects. Yeah, that that's a great point. So, and, and, it, and so the final the final benefit is that it not only makes disciples of your own people and you're, you bond through shared experiences, but a benefit to your church is that you actually, you as a church are making a difference in the community somewhere. You're making a difference in others' lives. Okay, so you know what's the goal of what we're talking about? What is the end result of applying this antidote to being a selfish church? Simply getting involved in doing it, starting real simple if you have to, and then going to a multi-week missions trip, but simply getting involved in doing it. What is the end result of something like that? The end result is that you will be an outward-facing church. So instead of being an inward-facing selfish church, it might look good. I mean, you might have people who, you know, who are showing up and worshiping and everything, but you're selfish, um, you become an outward-facing church, and we really believe a church that looks like Jesus to the rest of the world. Yeah, and it, you know what? It won't look good. It will never... I don't think... I'll, I'll just take a little issue with you on that one. I know you're being nice, but I don't think you ever really look good when you just think about yourself. And and again, churches never mean to become like this. They never start out saying, hey, let's become as inward focused as we can. Let's <laughs> no. be as selfish as we can. Let's build the biggest tower of Babel we can possibly build for ourselves right here. They never start out to do that. It's just a natural drift toward inward focus. It's a natural drift for any group or organization to be inward focused. So so today, if you're listening and, and you have a church that's selfish, if you have an inward-focused, selfish church, you think about these things. Think about this, this service and this mission idea of, of the social and evangelical trips. And, and then remember the why. You know, remember Matthew 25. Whatever you did for the least of these, you did for me. And Matthew 28, go and make disciples. Um, and, and you can make this happen. It's really not, it's not as difficult or as complicated as you might think it has to be. Start with an evening. Start with a Saturday. Move up to a weekend. Let the ball start rolling. Let some organic growth start happening. And you're going to see people becoming disciples. Uh, You're going to see people bonding because of shared experiences. And you're going to start to make a difference in your community and in the world. And you're going to have that antidote and become an outward facing church. And that's really the best thing of all is when you have a church full of people that are thinking about other people, a church that thinks about others, that's, that's a beautiful church. And like you said, Johnny, that's a church that is like Jesus. Next week, we're going to interview and talk with uh, somebody who is a 200-church pastor in our community, a pastor of a, of a church plant in our area of about 50 people, and he's going to talk about his experiences as being a pastor of a 200-church, being a solo pastor, being a guy who's serving even without a secretary. That's coming up next week. We hope you can join us. But for now, thank you for listening to the 200 Churches Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the 200 Churches Podcast. Remember, the leadership that you provide in your 200 church, it matters huge in the kingdom of God.